Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Stock Market Show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to the Australian Stock Market Show. Tonight, as always, our aim is to shed some light on what's happening in the Australian stock market as our goal is to inform and educate you on the realities of successful investing and trading. This is also the show where you get to ask us, the stock market experts, your questions and we give you the answers. Our topic for tonight, what are the pros and cons of dividend investing for passive income during COVID-19? Well, hello, I'm Janine Cox and joining me tonight is Dale Gillam and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Well, here we are. We are. Hail, rain, rain, hail. sleet, snow, <laughs> everything, you name it, we've got it. <laughs> COVID, we've got everything. Yeah. Actually, I'm prepared for it. I've you got, are? I've got my big mask. Wow, that's pretty professional. I've got my got big hat. So I'm yeah. ready. And then I've got you this for, for the it. dog sled. You're ready for it all. I'm ready for it Whatever all. Whatever the weather throws at you. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. Like my phone said nine degrees, but I walked outside and I felt like about half a degree, I reckon. Oh, no, it was freezing. So cold. Yeah, the hail. Look, who wants to be in Melbourne at this time of year? Yeah, I'm the sure pool. the Queenslanders are laughing at us. The pool guy came to clean my pool and I went, seriously? Mm. <laughs> it's like almost sheets of ice across It's the a time pool. for leg warmers and fingerless gloves, I think. I don't, look, I don't look good in leg warmers, and I'm not sure Fingerless about... Fingerless gloves are really good. I mean, you don't have yeah. to try and... Sh- you know how if the gloves get stuck on your hands, you've got to try and bite the end to get it off? You can't oh, do that yeah. during COVID. No, People no, will no, look no, at you no, sideways. No, 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 at no. least then you can still feel your fingers. Do you want to borrow my hat? You used to wear gloves, didn't I you? I put Janine on the front. No, I don't think so. I've, I've got one of those from my Chief. old you got career that. days. All right. No mm. hat. What about my thing? I've got another one. Okay. Let's get on to the questions anyway. Remember, if you have a burning question for us, record a 30-second video and email it to info at wealthwithin.com.au. Now, if you're shy, then you can also send us a question as an email. Now, tonight, if tonight is your first time watching, then thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. We really uh, hope you enjoy what we're going to bring to you tonight. Moving on, it is the first Tuesday in the month and this means, thank you very much, we look at the Australian stock market. So let's get into the market right now and have I'm, a look I'm at the chart. I'm getting better at my drum rolls, aren't I? <laughs> getting more consistent. Okay, you can see the chart there on your screen. This is the All Ordinaries Index, the one that we follow to track what the overall market's doing. Although there are a lot of people in the industry who check, track the XJO, which is another code for the top 200 stocks on our market. So you can see they're looking at the long-term history of our market that we're trading below the all-time high that happened in the GFC. We're still trading be- below the recent all-time high, but we really didn't get much above that. The market's really not doing much at the moment. It's still sideways, even though it was up today. Yeah, it was a little, you know, I'm, you know to me, I'm a, probably a little bit tiny surprised about today. It was a nice strong bar, because our market really is tipping over. I mean, in the last two months, I think we've only risen like 
two percent. Yeah, it's done in nothing. In eight or nine it? weeks, mm. and you know, last week on the Thursday, I thought, well, geez, our markets might make the highest close, weekly close, since early March, mm. and then on Friday. It went the other way. So we're seeing rise at the start of the week, the last three weeks. We've seen a rise at yeah. the start of the week, fall away at the end of the week. So what does that tell you? Mm. Look, I mean, rise at the start of the week normally means mm. that the inexperienced are getting in there when the market opens and then the the, the, the experienced ones are closing the market and closing it down because they're expecting it to fall away. So Yeah, and I think, mm. you know, I said on my Monday market report, which went up yesterday's video, and I, I said, look, you know, I think the 9th of June is our high because um, we are running out of time to make a high before we go into our low. And the low is, we do have a low due sometime August, September-ish, that sort of stuff. So right at the moment, you know, that high there is the 9th of July's high. And mm. as you can see, we're still below that. Yeah, we've made some higher moves. The bottoms have got a bit higher, and obviously there's, that's a bit lower there. But every week, if we just expand that out, it looks pretty weak. It sort of moves up and comes back. Little bars here, moves up and down very much indecisive a lot of you know sometimes it closes up sometimes it closes down and I just think it's not being confident in its moves you know normally if a market knows direction it's confidently moving in that direction whether it's up or down either way but right now that sideways move is really causing a lot of people to question what the market's well, it doing. Well goes to show you that the big money stopped. Yeah mm. absolutely the big money stopped buying and you know they've already what we talked about last week a lot of them you know the fund managers the small cap managers are already bought into the small cap stocks they're selling yeah. into this at the moment but you're seeing like this week you know I'm seeing article after article about you know the Robin Hood traders which is the retail investors that have been getting into the market since you know March with new accounts. I mean, the figures for NAB came out last week, all the new accounts that NAB Trade got, and, you know, Comsec of, you know, massive amount of accounts opened. Uh, I can't remember the exact figures, massive amounts of new accounts opening, people yeah, trying to trade the market. just wait 12 months down the track and see what's happening. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's the thing is, you know, a lot of people that made money in that early part on the chart, you know, we're looking at, you know, from March, those few weeks up here, then you've got all those people entering after that thinking, oh, these people on the chat are making all this money, I'm going to get in. And I've had a few emails the last few days of people going, oh, I've been just opened my account eight weeks ago or seven weeks ago and I'm trying to trade, but it's really hard. Things are all over the place. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. Um, and I think the market's going to fall away. That's what I think. Yeah, look, yeah. I mean, it's early days at the start of the week so far with the market being mm. up. I'm really not. I'm just not um, going one way or the other at the moment. I guess I'm sitting on the fence right now. You're not allowed to sit on the fence. These guys want us to tell them which way it's going. Well, look, in the... If you had to pick which way. Given it's going up at the moment, then I, I have to go with that. So I think that it could go up a little bit more. OK, we're going to have boxing gloves out soon. Mm. I'm saying going down. I'm not You're saying, saying a strong down. rise. I'm just saying I think that's going to go up a little bit more this week. And I think that, you know, it's not going to be a, a big... Um, you know, rise above above that prior high you were looking at before. So it won't go past the 9th of June high? I don't think so. Not okay. this week. Not, mm. I don't think so either. OK, well, let's move on. Now it's your time to get into your questions. We, we got a lot of questions this week, some really a ripper ones. But the first up, uh, we'd like to thank everyone for their questions. Remember, if you do have a question, the more detail you provide, the more likely your question will be answered on the show. Also, remember uh, not to send us an essay. We don't want war and peace. We just want two short paragraphs. We don't want to know um, a whole lot of your life history, but, um, but we do have some great questions this week. Now, the first question that we have tonight is from Luigi. Now, he says... I'm assuming it's a man. Now, please forgive me if I've got this wrong. Um, on May 14, 2020, I purchased 1,001 shares in WMX at a dollar each, and today they are worth 1,451.45. Tell me about 
WMX. Thank you, Luigi. Well, look, that's interesting that he purchased 1,001 shares. Yeah, Why wouldn't he just purchase 1,000? It's the extra one that makes you rich. It might. It you always just never is. know. It is. Um, Willuna Mining Corporation. Okay, so we're looking at the chart there. We can see it's had a massive decline from its all-time high. So it was trading above $70 in 2016. Wow, COVID really hasn't made that much of a difference given what it had already mm. done in terms of the decline, although you could say it pushed it to a new all-time low, which is interesting. But it may have just helped to flush that bottom out. Um, it's, it's what you've got to look for. When a stock's been in a long-term decline, often there's a big sell-off towards the bottom, which mm. did happen in 2017, so you might have been thinking. But then again, it happened with um, in 2018. There was a period mid-2018. But looking at that, what you're about to say is it's not liquid enough, really, to be looking well, at it. It's not even trading to a million dollars in a week. Mm. So, you know, that's, you know, last week when we talked about these types of stocks, don't even look at them unless they're doing three yeah. million a week. So high risk. Uh, it is so high risk. And, you know, if you've got a stock doing less than a million a week, have a look at your daily chart. Look at that. You know, 119,000 shares at a dollar. So 120 grand's worth of trading happening in that day now. The big concern, I yeah. guess, I've got in the short term is often yeah. that those sorts of sideways moves that we're seeing on the weekly chart are a distribution, mm. which means a distribution means it could be sold off further. So that's the real risk right now. It'd have to get above about $1.50 to start giving confidence that it's more likely to, to continue to move up because it could just as easily come back down to that dollar mark. Yeah. So you're suggesting, you know, obviously some money was getting in here and buying it and pushing oh, it up higher. You can see it's really obvious, isn't it, with that chart? That was well, yeah, happening. to me, it's really obvious mm. that, you know, maybe somebody was wanting to make some money out of this. And I'm not going to say who or what, because I don't know, but somebody was wanting to make some money out. So they pushed the price higher, waited for the retail investors to get in on their chat. So forums. the COVID rebound the helped The COVID it. rebound, mm. you know, get in there, see it rise up to here. And as it rose up, they started selling, but then they don't sell enough. Yeah. So they keep the price up at a reasonable level. And that's that distribution that Janine was talking mm. about. Um, but eventually they've sold everything and when you've, you know, and then it'll start to fall away. So I, I don't, look, I'm not really strong on this stock at all. I'm not sure about you. Yeah, no, not, not at all. Um, uh, it's not really a stock that I would trade. But let's get on to the next question. And this one's from James. That's the name of my pool guy. Maybe he's sending me one in anyway. He says, hi, Doug and Janine. I have a burning question and really appreciate your weekly show. I've been keeping an eye on a stock called DTL or Data3. And it is within the technology sector. It does cloud, um, AI, blockchain and security. I believe this might be a good growth stock to buy and hold over the medium to long term. He goes on to say, do you think this is due for a pullback soon or should I bite the bullet and jump on the train for the long term? What are your thoughts? Thanks, James. Jeez. Oh, if you're a long term investor, to me, James, it really is. If you're a long term investor, it doesn't matter when you buy it to some degree. It's sort of like. When you buy property, there's never a good time to buy, never a bad time to buy property. It's just getting into it, um, and you know you're going to get hit a little bit. But if you think it's a good long-term investment, then um, well, I'm not going to say penny pinching. You know, when where if it's going to rise or fall 10 or 15 percent, do you buy it? Um, if your outlook is two, three, four, five years, then it's not really worth arguing about. But we'll have a look at the chart. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it looks really bullish, so it's quite good, I think, um, yeah. right now. And it looks like it's trying to push higher at the moment. It's been the last couple of um, weeks, it's been trying to push higher, but it's not, it's not able to do it right now. So it just may run out of steam temporarily. So 
you know, if you weren't in it, then I wouldn't be doing it right now. But if you're in it, I'd stay with yeah, it. Yeah, he's, he's not. I don't think he said he was in it. I think he's looking to get into it long term. But again, again, it's one of those things. It's like to me, it's not the sort of stock I'd be taking long term. No, I wouldn't be taking it long term either. Mm. But you never know what he's thinking in terms of his portfolio. But right now, if you're not in it, I think I'd be staying out of it at the moment. Yeah. Um, but don't wait for necessarily wait for pullback. If your analysis says this is good long term, then. It's not really, really relevant if in that respect, unless it falls like 50%. But then how do you know it's going to fall 50%? And all too often we... we um, it's not the fear of missing out, but it's mm. that fear that, oh, geez, you know, if I could buy it, you know, 10 cents cheaper or 20 cents cheaper or 50 cents cheaper, then, you know, I'm going to make more money. And I find yeah. a lot of people do, they nitpick on little pricing, you know, trying to get one or two more cents mm. you know, out of the buy price or out of the, or get it one or two cents or a couple of percent cheaper. And it ends up costing the money in the long run yep. because the stock just keeps moving along. But, um, but right now, I wouldn't be in that stock, James. But good question. Thank you very much for that. All right. The next question we have is from Shamendra. What a lovely name. I gave you the tough one. Mm. That's a nice name. Hi, Dale and Janine. Thanks for all the educational information that you two are giving us through your channel. Uh, Thanks for appreciating it. Could you please explain, is CSL a good stock for long-term investment? Looks highly volatile and share price rapidly declining at the moment. Will that pick up? I always value your advice. Thank you, Shamendra. Well, let's have a quick look at CSL, shall we? It's got to be. It's a good long-term stock. It's a great stock. Look, but we did talk about it last week Mm. and say that it's going down at Mm. the moment. And so we weren't looking, we weren't suggesting that now would be a time to be buying it. But it is trying to claw its way back right now. But that could Mm. be temporary. It's only early in the week so far. Mm. Um, So obviously there's some nice support there. Otherwise, it wouldn't be trying to push higher from where it is now. But it really needs to get back through above $300 approximately to start showing that it's likely to move back up. Yeah, it's just in a nice orderly downward move at the moment, mm. really. That's all it is. And obviously this bar here is yesterday and today and probably most of that today because obviously the stocks aren't moving. This would be a lot of people trying to buy it cheap. Mm. Um, and both you and me discussed this last week saying it's going down now. It wouldn't surprise me if it turned around and closed lower at the end of the week and it wouldn't surprise me if it kept trading down a little bit further from where it is. Yeah, the challenge is always in these declines is there'll be these moves back mm. up and that's mm. what really tricks people sometimes. That mm. it just one week up doesn't mean that that's the time to get in. It's not It's not um, helping yeah, people who have no idea, is it? It's no, really, a lot of people think that, oh, it's in an mm. uptrend or it's only had a week up and it's not really yeah. an uptrend because the, the markets move in trends and counter trends and so it goes up in stairs and down in elevators and so when it goes up in stairs, it's got to come back down again uh, but when it goes down, it just keeps going down generally so we get to bigger moves down but it... What it does going up, it also does the opposite way. So right at the moment, it's coming down, going back up a little bit, going down, coming back up a little bit. And when it goes back up a bit, it's generally the sellers are pulling back from selling, not necessarily any other reason that there's more buyers in because the big end of town owns stocks like CSL, like your Cockleys, your West Farmers, your Woolworths and stuff. And what they do is they just pull back on their, their, their selling and let the price drift up a little bit from people trying to bottom pick or pick, pick cheap stocks or cheaper stocks. And they let the price drift up a bit and then they start selling again. So they get better averaging prices. So, and the, But that also adds the point where 
um, it tricks a lot of retail investors, and, mm. and I find people yeah. do it all the time. But well, they know the they question. can do it with a stock like that because they know yeah. that the mums and dads will be there to They'll come back in. They'll be there buying in. it. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to our next question, and this one is from Darren, who says, "Hi, Dale and Janine. I have a question in regards to Costa Group CGC. About 12 months ago, you mentioned this stock on your show as a stock to watch, and I've had this stock on my watch list, watch list since then. Get my mouth working. Mm. Um, at this moment, it's going sideways for." for me to buy this stock it would have to trade and close above $3.50 would like to know your thoughts on this stock where you may think this stock is heading regards Darren yeah we did talk about it a few times we have last year I think it was more sort of September October last year we were talking about it maybe because when it had that big downward move down into this sort of area I know there was a lot of people trying to buy it and bottom pick here we had a few Mm. there and then it dropped out of bed and I just said just watch it for a while because I didn't think it was going to get much lower. I think it's setting up to starting to look really nice now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. This is just a nice bottoming pattern, a nice basing pattern at the moment and eventually it, it will break north. Mm. Um, but when I don't know, I think 350 is a good roughly a good figure for him to be looking at if it starts breaking through that. But look, I mean you've got to talk we always talk about the downside as mm. well and that's how we, we train people to look at the downside. So mm. if it went through that uh, price at around 283 yeah. there I'd be thinking no you know don't try and buy it and thinking you're going to get it cheaper if it goes down again that's just the wrong way of thinking because it could yeah. continue the longer term decline. Yeah. Yeah, if you're a long-term buy and holder, then it's a slightly different type of scenario, but a short-term trader, obviously, right now it's not a buy yet. Look, I mean, Um, let's just look at the monthly chart for a minute because we have skipped to the weekly and we always tell them, you know, you need to look at the monthly first. But even for a long-term position Mm. in this, it's setting up nicely. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean that it it couldn't come back down further because it could fall. This is a sideways consolidation we're seeing there on the monthly chart. So there's nothing to say that it Mm. might not fall further, but... If it does push up, where you were talking about before, Mm. it's more likely to move up at least in the short to medium term. Yeah, yeah. As I said, I think still keep it on your watch list um, and have some rules around it because it Mm. could be a nice little stock moving forward because it's in food. It really is. It owns Mm. farms. It's in fruit and veggies. That's where they started um, in fruit and veggies. And they do supply a hell of a lot of fruit and veggies right across Victoria. So they're not... um, And right now we're all trapped in our houses ordering takeaways and or home deliveries and... I think we're going to create an environmental disaster because, okay, there's not as many people going out to eat. Mm. So you think about the number of people ordering takeaways at the moment. So I think it's really important that people think about that when you're purchasing takeaways. Put pressure on the people who are supplying the food to put it in a packaging that's actually more environmentally friendly. So, you know, the, the noodle box has the cardboard boxes, fish and chip, you get, so you get that in a paper thing, a pizza you get in a cardboard. But it's a shame because Chinese is something that I really enjoy and that comes in plastic, unfortunately. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I buy Japanese and it comes in plastic, but they do use reusable or disposable, uh, oh, biodegradable you, can you th- carry bags. Can you bags? just think for one moment the size of the... If, if You know, you look at the number of people are buying takeaway at the moment, mm. think about the football field of plastic containers that that would fill. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. But hey, but we're not driving our cars. Okay, so there's pluses and minuses, There's pluses say. and minuses in everything. <laughs> okay, remember to hit that subscribe button now and also the like video. I'll like the video. Of course, we want you to do that. Also, remember to share the video of tonight's show on your social media with your friends and colleagues so that the show can grow and then we can help more people. 
Okay. Now, um, what are we up to now? We're, we're, up to the, the main we're actually up to the main topic. We're actually a little bit earlier tonight wow. to our main topic, which means we can... We're speedy. No wonder we're not yeah. getting told off. Yes, but the producer's telling me not to waffle, <laughs> Dale. But now it is time we get into the topic for tonight, which is dividend investing for passive income. Now, during COVID-19, um, there were a lot of pros and cons. Investing in stocks to gain a dividend really is a popular investment strategy and has been for quite some time. You know, it's just got time of the ages, isn't it, really? Um, but I ask, is it really a good strategy for everyone to adopt? And, and more so everyone to adopt right now is probably more to the point of what we're talking about. Now, with the increasing restrictions and the lockdowns due to COVID-19 pandemic, um, unemployment growing, especially here in Melbourne, Australians are now more worried about how to secure their income than they have been in recent history. And so many are now trying to gain income from the stock market. Uh, we're seeing those um, Robin Hood traders, everything else trying to get into the market. Now, for those who are using the dividend investing strategy, there are growing fears about whether dividends will be put on hold or even stopped altogether. So again, is having a dividend investing strategy good given the current climate? And that's what Janine and I will discuss. So in a minute, we're going to, we will debunk some of the market myths around the dividend investing, as well as discuss what you need to get started to generate an income from the market right now. Okay, before we discuss a couple of examples of market myths around investing for income, why do you feel that you had to talk about market myths in your book? Oh, why did I feel that to talk about market? Why was that important? It was really about sharing the truth it really mm. was and I, I found being in the industry that I was in you know in you know, in the stock market and the financially world I found there was there was a lot of BS mm -hmm. that was misleading people or not giving them a full truth uh, and there were a lot of myths and misconceptions that people had a lot of wives tales that sort of stuff that people had and and to me uh, when it comes to the market there's a lot of things most people don't get to hear about too so they People, we're not kind of told of a lot of stuff, too. So, to me, there was so much important placed on dividends. Everybody's talking about dividends, dividends, and people, and people want dividends because they want certainty, and there's no certainty in the share price. So, therefore, they go look. Um, and probably the the greatest example that we had of that was Telstra. Mm. Absolute slam dunk greatest example of that that we had. Telstra one floated or T one floated. It took off to nine dollars eighteen or twenty or whatever it was, and then it kept falling and falling and falling and falling over 10 years to $2.50. And everywhere I went around Australia doing seminars and I was keynote speaking at expos, you'd say, who owns Telstra? And 90% of the room would put their hand up. And mm. then people would go, and I go, but why? It's falling away. And they go, oh, I'm getting a dividend. And I said, well, what's good of a 5% dividend or 6% dividend when you just lost 30%? Yeah, I think I remember one of those. And then you could hear a pin drop mm. when you actually challenged them about it. Yeah, and to me it was like, it just didn't make sense. And I remember I was presenting in Adelaide to um, a group of students in Adelaide um, for TAFE SA or Adelaide Uni or whatever it was, and I was presenting to them. And you know, at a break, we we're having a coffee, and this guy come up, and he says, oh, I've got Telstra shares. I know you don't like them. And I go, well, why are you holding them? Oh, they're doing good things in the farming community, and they're putting you know, 4G towers up and blah, 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 and they're you know, rolling out stuff over the farm. I said, do you, do you own Telstra to make money, or do you want it because you just like it? And he goes, I want to make money. I said, so why do you own it? It has mm. nothing to do with what it's doing in the country. You either buy an investment to make money or why? You, don't. you, know, you mm. buy clothes because you like them. Mm. You know, you don't have to buy a stock because you, you think they're doing good stuff wherever it is. You want to make money out of it. Yep. And at that time, Telstra was going down and down and down and had been for years. But mm. there are plenty of examples of that, isn't there? Mm. Really, there's a lot of examples of that. And investors are actually cutting their own throat 
just investing for income or investing for dividends. You know, and to me, that's my mind of what's actually going on. Yeah. Is they're actually doing all of that? And, mm. and to me, we need to dispel some of those myths this month. They'll this this tonight. Yeah. Let's get into a couple of examples mm. of these myths, and there are lots of them. Yeah. Are there? <laughs> we'll cover all of them. So no, the, we won't. First one. <laughs> the first one. Um, the, the first myth is a way to generate an income from the market is through dividends, and it really isn't. It's not the only way to make income through the market, guys. There are plenty of ways to make money in the market without dividends. But the thing with that is, though, it's, it's a passive income, and you don't have to do anything for it. That's the way investors perceive it. Yeah, buy a share, turn your brain off. Is that what it is? Yeah. Mm. I'll just buy some shares like Combank or Telstra and turn my brain off and hopefully in the end of 10 years, because they get a check all the time, mm. or they used to get. I remember you used to get dividend checks all the time. Now you just get it put into your bank account and you get this little statement, say you've earned $300 worth of dividend, you know, or $1,000 mm. worth of dividend or whatever it is. But not necessarily smart investing, even for retirees. I mean, yes, retirees should be investing more for dividend yields if they need the income, but I still think... You know, there's plenty of retirees out there who, with self-managed super funds and people moving into retirement, are still doing it. But there are ones out there that are a bit more, how do I say it? They want to take control over what they're doing. And so they're actually cottoning on. If I start to not just invest for dividend, actually look at the stock and, and actually start buying and selling, that will make more money and we'll get more money from that and more dividends from that. Yeah, but got... is that just because they haven't had the opportunity before or what do you think that's Well, they just that? didn't know how. And that's the thing, I said, like, oh, well, we've got quite a few students that are making really good money out of the market who are retired and not relying on their pensions or they're not relying on their superannuation. They're making money and they've, they're, that's all they're spending is coming great if money. all Australians were doing that? Well, it would be, but, you know, but let's move on to the next yeah, myth the anyway. Yeah, the second myth is that you have to buy and hold to generate an income from the market. Mm. Now, the real challenge around that is if you're buying and holding, you're actually... Um, potentially watching your shares fall at times because shares can, as we've just seen recently, can drop 10, 20, 30% during a market decline and they mm. may not rebound. Okay, we're seeing a rebound in quite a few stocks at the moment, or we have seen, but it doesn't always happen. So there are people who are hanging on potentially for years and we've looked at charts on this show before and some people I think have been quite shocked at the history they've written in and told us mm. that they had no idea that the, of the chequered history of some of the stocks and the way the share prices have unfolded. I've just got one word, banks. Banks, I know, because before this correction, before mm. all of the anti-money laundering happened and that the, the, the Royal Commission that drove the share prices down further as well, but it was really the bank's actions that did it. But, you know, before all of that happened, people were just happy to do that and leave their money. And now look at what's happening with mm. NAB and ANZ and Westpac particularly. Uh, their share prices have been shot. And so you're mm. hanging on for a dividend with all that uncertainty in there. So, look, in, in a way, I think there are people who can be the ostrich and bury their head in the sand and decide, OK, I'm just going to leave my shares there forever and a day and just mm. accept the dividends and not worry about the share price. But what are you really risking in doing that? That's yeah, the, the I mean, issue. you're looking... I mean, look, at not out of the banks, it's... I think it's only Macquarie Bank, I think, that's above their whole, or highs. The rest of them, they're... That's they're, done really well. Mm. That's done really well. It's, but I think if you're looking at all the banks, all of them had their highs back in March, April 2015. So for mm. over five years, they've fallen mm. or not done too much. And so if you were trading them, you would have made some more money. But just collecting dividends, if you looked at over the last five years, your return on the banks, on the big four, mm. you wouldn't have a return. You'd still be in negative territory. So is that a good investment? Yeah, because a lot of people used to say to, to mum mm. and dad investors, you could just buy the banks and hang on to them. 
for yeah. a day and, you know, buy a few big stocks like the banks and do that. I just think that that's mm. totally, it's changed now. And so mm. if, if nothing wakes you up other than this COVID mm-hmm. fear, I think it's, it's time that people take a closer look. Okay, mm. so here's some facts. Some of the best stocks don't pay high dividends. Yeah, shock and horror. Some of them don't pay the best dividends. Yep. Uh, a fact two, people often miss out on growth chasing dividends for lower return because they're worried about capital gains. Yeah, why would you be worried about capital gains? That's a big one, gains? isn't it? I, I reckon the more capital are. gains I make, the better. Well, you're making more money in mm. theory. So you're getting dividends and you're making capital gains. But I guess the fear for some people would be that, okay, they sell the stock, then they're not getting the dividends, and then they don't know how to get back into the share. But that's mm. an easily solved, you know, question, isn't it, really? Well, it is. And to me, it's, it's can, I, can I say something about accountants? Mm. And I'm not trying to, I mean, we've got some but great... But don't generalise too much. No, no, I'm not going to generalise too much, but we've got some great accountants and, we have, and mm. I've dealt with a lot of great accountants and, and accountants are people that everybody trusts. Mm. You know, you go to your accountant and you trust your accountant. And, but the problem with accountants is their job is to save you money, to save you tax and save you money. So, because that's what you ask them to do. Well, how much can I claim? What can I write mm. off? What can I get back? And so it's a negative position to start off with. And so what they're saying to people, don't sell your shares because you'll be paying capital gains tax. Whereas an accountant's not an investment advisor and doesn't understand the stock market like we do and individual stocks. And I remember after the GFC, I was speaking for CPA Australia on South Bank here in Melbourne, and I had a room full of 50 to 60-year-old accountants. And I did a whole presentation on, on this sort of stuff. And I said to the guys, I said, you, you said to all your clients don't sell because you'll pay capital gains tax. And yet the market fell out. I said, are you guys investment advisors? Do you understand that? And, they, and, they, and I said, who understands the stock market? And they put their hand up. And I said, but you're giving investment advice to people that you shouldn't be giving. Mm. And I said, I won't give tax advice if you don't give investment yeah. advice. Because they should have been saying, well, have a go and look at the market, look mm. at the stocks. And if they're falling away, you sell them. Because yep. they cost so many people so much money. Now, that's generalisation. But it's up to you as the individual to go, well, what should I be doing? If I'm holding a stock that's falling away, sell it. Well, the laws have changed Yeah, now. the laws have changed. But not only that, we're actually starting to see a lot of accountants sending clients to, to come and do our course mm. because of that, whether it's with self-managed super or whether it's just trading on their own. Yeah. So that's an interesting change. Yeah, we do get a lot of accounts recommending clients of self-managed super for, for us so, or to come and do our courses. But another fact here is companies that pay high dividends well above market average often re- represent higher risk. And that's a lot of something that a lot of people don't take into consideration, do they? Do, look, I know because there are people who are out there who search for the companies that have the highest dividends thinking, oh, I want to get, get X amount per year for mm. my money. And the, only to find that some of these stocks are smaller companies. And why are they putting the dividend up? Well, because the share price is falling. Because they want to get investors to to help prop up the share price. Mm. And there are big companies that have done this as well. So we've seen charts, and I'm not going to mention any names right now, but there were some big mining stocks that actually did this, and they upped their dividend right before a major decline in the whole sector. Mm. Mm -hmm. So think about that. So the next fact we've got for you is companies can stop, suspend or cut dividends at any time. And this is what's happening now. But investors have assumed otherwise, assuming that that income will continue to come in. Well, they think it's a guarantee, isn't it? Yeah, it's not a guarantee. And what happens when they cut the dividends, then what do you do? Do you just accept it and continue to hold and then watch your share price fall at the same time? I mean, Mm. it's it's really hard for investors at the moment. So, Yeah, um, I know a lot of people did that during the GFC, didn't they? They just held mm. their stocks just in the hope of getting a dividend. 
dividend, then dividends were cut during yeah. the GFC because, but a dividend yield is reasonably high quite often because the share price has fallen so much. Well, it's relative mm. to the share price. It's, yeah, because it's calculated on the share price today. Mm. So, and what the what the dividend was, but it is. And interesting. so, a lot of investors didn't think that okay, mm. my share price, is, the shares are falling, and so therefore I'm going to have, see a dividend cut because mm. you know when when the stock started falling not long ago, mm. we were seeing dividends at seven, eight, nine percent. Of course, yeah. they're not going to stay that. That's just the temporary position of the yield being displayed when you're so, looking at the fundamentals. So, do you think online. people are treating a dividend yield like they treat an income interest from a term deposit? Look, I think some people do because they've just relied on it for mm. so many years for particular stocks. I think banks have been particularly like that because, you know, if you put your money in a term deposit, you might have been getting some time ago 3%. Mm. But from the shares, you might have been getting 45 plus the franking credits. If you're retired, that can push the dividend right up. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So to me, it's one little thing... It's people with the dividends, uh, you're saying, well, what we're saying is they get uh, into a false sense of security with them. Mm. Really, that's what they're doing, aren't they? Yeah. And so that, that's really not a guarantee of getting any return. Look, I think we need to bring up a graph now just to talk a little bit further about this because okay. what we're seeing with these cuts recently, so that dividends across all sectors in Australia are seeing uh, being a plunging this year. So this is actually from Bloomberg. Okay, so we've got the chart from Bloomberg, yeah. Yep. Um, these are forecasts for the stocks on the ASX 200 index. So that's what they're saying, the estimated dividend payouts um, year on year. So you can see there that the, the, the financials are at the bottom there. So their dividends are going to be decreasing. Yeah, over time. So they could, we've seen, you know, lots of announcements come out from different companies talking about cutting dividends, suspending dividends, um, you know. Look, I think that it's going to be ongoing for the next 12 months. We're going to see this continue. Mm. Mm. I think one one thing that a lot of people don't know is that Warren Buffett, his company never pays a dividend, never has, never will. Mm. As long as he runs it, they're not paying a dividend. And so, and people go seriously. Okay, yeah, because what he's doing is he's trying to get growth into the company because people buy Berkshire Hathaway shares to get the growth that he does. But you and I both so, know that mm. all stocks, doesn't matter what mm. they are, they work with cycles and patterns. Mm. So therefore, his shares are going to be falling at some stage. Yeah, they do. And so therefore, when that happens, investors get nothing yes. for holding, which, you know, investors in Australian stocks right now, they'd be unlikely to hold mm. for that reason. But it's because of the, the name behind it, you know. Yeah, it is because of the name behind it. That people will continue to hold it and trust and have faith in that. Okay, so what else mm. have we got? Now, we don't want to assume that people know what um, ex-dividend means. Okay? Yeah, so we're going to get in that, These into guys that are tonight. Intelligent. <laughs> also, unless you are educated on technical analysis, then you're unlikely to be aware of what happens in the lead-up to companies going ex-dividend and what follows. So we're going to have a look tonight at a couple of different stocks to demonstrate what occurs. And this can change, as you know, over time. So what we see... Um, on the charts, okay. we, we often see that stocks will rise into the into the dividend. We see okay. the stocks falling um, when the stocks go ex-dividend because they're giving up the dividend. So essentially when a company goes ex-dividend, it means that they're, they're trading X or excluding the dividend essentially. So okay. on the date, so, say for example, on the, on the 10th of um, July, if a stock went ex-dividend, then that day the share price would be 
falling. It would yeah. fall. So these, but these charts are helping people understand what's actually going on in the marketplace. Because a lot of people don't understand when when a dividend's paid, what's actually going on, the lead up to it. Well, it can what change. What happens on the ex-div date? And it's what not necessarily going to be the same every year. And it can mm. depend on what's happening in the market, whether the market's bullish, bearish. Mm. It can also depend on what the news is on the stocks. So, and yeah. it can tell you a lot mm. about what's happening with that company and how the market actually views the company. So you know, if a stock falls more than the value of the dividend, this is this is interesting because you need to keep a track on that and see how the company performs over time when it actually goes ex-dividend. Okay, so let's bring up the charts now to help everybody understand what happens around the time a stock goes ex-dividend. Okay, let's have a look then. We've got Commonwealth Bank um, mm. there on the screen, you can see now. Your favourite stock? It's one of my favourite stocks, Commonwealth Bank. Um, looking at the... Um, in February, so... So the date you got on it, that's the date the dividend was paid or went ex-dividend? This is the ex-dividend date. So yep. you can see there I've got the 14th of February. Now, the following week, the stock went ex-dividend. It, it hardly moved, but the stock was pushing up mm. into the ex-dividend date, which is often what happens with stocks like banks, often what happens with stocks that are in the property, property mm. sector in particular. And it just depends because there are lots of funds out there that are actually looking to take dividends out of the market. So they're mm. looking to extract that income, um, the funds that are designed for that. So, um, but there are investors that are thinking, okay, the dividend's coming up, this gets advertised that the dividend's coming up, companies will announce what the dividend's likely to be, and then investors will think, right, I want to get into to that and get the opportunity of the dividend. But the, the big players in the market know that that's coming. Yeah, I mean, we also have, used to get people saying, oh, I want to do some dividend stripping. They'd try and buy the stock before dividend and then yeah. sell it after the dividend. But what they don't realise is most often the time the stock, the price of the stock falls by one and a half times the dividend once it's paid. Yeah. So really, what are you getting? Mm, you might get right. a little bit of the rise if it rises a bit further, but you're not really getting much out of that. And that's when they brought in that 45-day rule for dividends mm. that you must hold it. Um, for at least 45, I think it's 45 days. 45 before. days, yeah. yeah. So they've got that rule into it. So so do you want to explain some more on the charts? Yeah, so looking at that, if we come back here and we're looking at um, August, now I probably haven't marked that clearly there because that's September. You can see there into the 16th of August, the stock was actually falling into this period when it went ex-dividend. So that's why you can't mm. treat it like a black and white scenario that the stocks are always going to be rising because it can depend on market, yep. um, sector influences and other things. Okay. Now, so what have you got? If we go back and we look at the 13th of February, so we're looking at this day here, you can see that that big rise the week before, mm -hmm. that huge bar up on the, on the stock, um, that's dividend influenced. Yeah. Okay, so there's people who are pushing to get into the dividend, but the stock was really going nowhere at that point. However, you would have been rewarded from a capital growth point of view much more than the dividend if you kept on hanging on. But, of course, COVID destroyed all of that, didn't it? Yeah, it did, did destroy all that anyway. <laughs> so, so this current period with COVID mm. is not a really good example, other than to say what was happening in the lead up, you know, was being pushed higher. Some of these dividend stocks were being pushed up with the rest of the market. Okay. So, did you want to talk about another one? Uh, no, we're running time? out of time. The producer's talking in my ear at the time, okay. so we're running out of time, so we need to do move on. But what you may not realise is that with COVID-19, around one-third of um, ASX 100 companies have reduced, deferred or suspended their dividends. Therefore, investors need to be more active or will need to be more active in the market to give themselves more certainty around their income. So, here are three things you can do right now. Firstly, if you own shares, you can write call options over your shares for income. Now, there are also 
structured products that you might want to use such as warrants or other hybrids that you can access through a good broker. So it's really good ways of creating income. And I know some retirees who make a lot of money out of just writing options on top of their portfolio and doing very, very well mm. out of adding a very low risk strategy. And obviously some of those structured products are great too. But let's move yep. on to the second point. Um, you can also choose to be more active with your investments. So Yay. this is what we're saying. So just buy and sell rather than buy and hold. Here the aim is to bank the profit, which is your income. So if you're um, good at this, then your income is obviously going to be much better than getting dividends. Mm. So what we're meaning by that is if you actually learn how to buy and sell um, and learn at the lower risk times to be doing that, then you can generate some capital growth. And the point is not be worried about the capital gains. That's what we were saying before. But, you know, talking to your accountant, I think that your point was really good, mm. that you're only getting one side of the story there potentially. But not all our accountants are like that. No, you need, great, you need trade. a good accountant, and some yeah. do, yeah. So. The trick is to look for stocks that mm. trend well. Mm. That's the really big thing. Look for those, those nice, solid rises on the stock. Yeah, learn what you're doing, buy and sell, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So shall we get into some more emails, or do you have something more that you wanted um, to say? I just really wanted to, to wrap that up in terms of people with you know, self-managed super funds, super funds, um, people with bigger portfolios. There's a lot of things you can do if you understand what you're doing mm. to be able to generate income. You don't have to be a slave to the market. You can be in command of the market. That's probably what I'm saying. And by taking a bit more of an active approach, you can actually make a lot of money because we do have a lot of retirees that are making some really good money out of the market in a low-risk way just by having some interesting little strategies. But let's now get into the emails. Yeah, look, I mean, just before, just yeah, 30 yeah. seconds more, I was just thinking then that when traders come to us, yeah. you know, they don't realise how they mm. can actually generate an income outside of dividends, a lot of them any, yeah, either. Um, and so what we explain is by actually being organised, banking a certain amount of money from your profit, you put that away and that covers your expenses. So we often talk about putting away six months worth of whatever you've generated in your profits to cover your expenses. And then you can focus more on your trading and put a, an, you know, put more time into it and potentially eventually give away that full-time job. We've had so many people tell us that they're either working now three or four days a week trading the rest of it and eventually they're looking to trade, not full-time because it's not a full-time job if you know how to structure it in the right way but then being able to pull back their hours. So that's something that people can do. Yeah, and they're buying the toys that they've always wanted too. You well, know? that's true. So, now, yeah. let's get into some more emails, shall we? But before we do, remember, hit that subscribe button now. Come on, do it. I know you want to. And whilst you're there, give us a big thumbs up and click on the like button. Yeah, this is the question, or this next question is from William, who says, Hello, Dale and Janine and Wealth Within Team. Could you please look at Vocus for me um, on the weekly and monthly charts? Am I right saying there could be an entry signal coming up if it breaks the downtrend ruler seen in Dale's awesome Accelerate Your Wealth book? <laughs> Many thanks, William. That'll get him on, a, on the question one. He's saying it's an awesome book. I think he wants you to draw a trend line. I like Vocus. I think it's a, it's a good stock to watch. It yeah. really is a good stock to watch. And they're, quite, they're deceivingly quite big, too, in yeah, what they look, actually do. I mean, the interesting thing about the chart right now is it's trading sideways, isn't it, off it that is. bottom? It, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to keep going up. That's the question. Do you well, like it? Yeah, I do like it, but it's one. Of, it's sort of, mean to me, it's like Costa Group. Mm. It's one that just, it's, it's shown a bit of promise over the last year or two, but it's not really taken off. But if you look at it, the market hasn't got a really hold of it. If you look at this, it took off right through here, made this big high, but it's come right down. Obviously, there's your, your big load down into March, April there. 
But since then, it's really not going very much at all, is it? Oop, what you have could I expand that up. Oh, what have I done? Uh, yeah. Just sorry. to make it clear, that was Dale, not me doing that. Yeah, that was me. It was me. a blooper. Yes. <laughs> I don't do bloopers, do I? I did, I did them on purpose. Um, but you can see here how the last couple of years it's really, really gone sideways, not going anywhere. But it's not really falling away other than this March blip. Um, with COVID, it's been staying up around here. So I think, you know, a break a break up through this would be a nice little buy um, to me. I, I do like the stock and I'm just watching it. But obviously you've got to have your rules and remember to backtest them. Rules? What are they? Do we need rules, do we? <laughs> yes. And the next email's from Harry. Hi, Dale and Janine. I'm learning equity investing through your videos and I find your weekly discussions to be very helpful. Thank you for sharing your insights. You've mentioned in recent weeks we may soon see a turn in the markets, which may favour the industrial sector. A lot of the mining stocks don't look that favourable to me right now, with many now at or above all-time highs, making it difficult for an entry investment. If the market does turn favourable into this sector, do you prefer growth or value stocks for investing? South32 seems to be one company that is still in the value territory um, even though um, silver has been running up in recent months, I'm looking to buy S32 at $2 for my second investment, Harry. Sounds like he's just starting out, which is awesome. Yeah, it does sound like he's starting out. And I think, I don't know, is he overcomplicating it? Look, I don't know. Um, I mean, you've obviously picked that word for a reason. So you're, you must think he has. Yeah, look, I just think, you know, it's, it's a lot of people, yeah, the market's going to come down. And well, that's what I think at the moment, but it doesn't have to. I can be wrong. Yes, I have been wrong before, um, you know, and I'm always going to be wrong at some stage. And, you know, we might pick a wrong stock or we might pick the market direction wrong. But if a st stocks will always go up in a downward market and stocks will always go down in an upward market. So it's looking at the stocks themselves. Now, obviously, we're going to look at S32 and looking yep. at what that's going. So, yeah, is the material sector going to fall away and will it fall away heavy? I mean, BHP and Rio haven't done as well as Fortescue has. Fortescue has done very, very, very well. But is that in a bit of a bubble on its own? Is Fortescue mm. going to turn around and go away because or turn and go the other way? Yeah, Because it its will. iron ore is not mm. as high quality as BHP and Rio's. Yeah. You know. But it's a question of, like, you've got materials you're talking about mm. and then industrials. Mm. So, you know, industrial sector, yes, the market for the market to go up, the industrial sector needs to move. It needs That's to move. the reality yeah. of it. It's mm. always been that way. Material stocks um, mm. are always big, but not, not as important necessarily, but there'll always be some good stocks in that sector that will outperform and some mm. that will fall away when industrial stocks are running. So I think looking at South 32 right now... Um, I like it. It's just mm. poised at the moment, but it could still fall, like you're saying, if the market does fall away. Mm. So it needs to jump a few hurdles. I'd want to see it head, you know, nicely back above two dollars thirty or two forty somewhere around there. Mm. Um, but in the short term, yeah, but the um, thing is, if, if you're looking at the market, you're not necessarily. You, you should be looking at the stock, not the market. I mm. think that's what I was trying to say. Now, if S32 does fall away, it hasn't risen anywhere near as much as a lot of other stocks. So, therefore, but, it, but even so, fall. like you know, if the market's a bit topsy turvy mm. at any point in time, mm. you're saying you're not look at the. You need to look at the stock. But on the one hand, okay, mm. you look at the stock, but you still look at the market generally yeah. just to see from a big picture, top down point of view what's happening. But you're saying from an investor's point of view that 
they don't. They need to be looking at the stock and the, trade the stock. Correct. The market is the overall, what's the mood mm. of the overall market. If the overall market is nervous, nervous or bearish or bullish, you should understand that. Mm. But then the individual stock will tell its, its own mood or what its own uh, momentum is, whether it's up, down and how fast it's going to be. So you need to bring it down into that. And you know, some stocks will rise very strongly in a bear market and, and or fall very strongly in a bull market. Yeah. So and this stock really hasn't, you know, it's been bearish for quite some time. If we go and look at the chart, you can see there from October 2018, it's just fallen away. Now the, trend's the last still couple down of months, it really hasn't pushed up high. Mm. So therefore, it's lagged the market over the last few months since the March low. So I don't know if it does fall away. It, and if let's say the market falls heavily, this is unlikely to fall heavily with it. Mm. It might fall away, but not as heavily. Yeah, you know, because it's had such a big fall. Because it's had saying. such a big fall. That's all I'm mm. sort of suggesting is keep watching it. I think it's looking, yeah. looking okay. Uh, and I agree with everything that Janine says because otherwise she'll smack me on the head later. No, I can't um, read it anyway. But the next, the next email we've got is from James. He says, hi, Janine and Dale. I've come across your Wealth Within channel on YouTube and wanted to say a huge, huge thank you for all the education you freely share every week. It's our pleasure. Um, I'm currently invested in health and industrial sectors. And I'd like, uh, I'd now like to invest in the technology sector. Um, I've been watching WiseTech WTC, and I'm waiting for an entry point at $19. The share price has been holding firm in recent weeks, and each time I try to buy the share, price jumps 5%, never quite settling back to $19. Should I wait for my $19 entry point, or give up a potential 5 to 10% gain so I can enter the position? I'm looking for a one to two year investment. Thanks, James. Um, do you want? Can I say what I'm thinking? Go for it. Am I allowed to? Stop penny pinching. No. <laughs> if, it, if it's a buy, it's a buy, it's a buy, it's a buy, it's a buy. And I, I see too many people said, I'm going to buy. If it falls to this level, I'll go and buy it. And then you miss out on your buy. And then it goes to $30. And I'm just picking that figure out of the air. Don't quote me on that one. And you go, geez, I should have bought it at nineteen twenty. you know, when it fell to that level. So if your analysis says you should be in this stock, then if it does come down to 19 that's great. But just you could be waiting loss. forever and a day. You know, you're not in it right now. Mm. But if your analysis says it's good, it's going to be good for one to two years, it's going to go to 20, 30, 40, 50 dollars, whatever your analysis says. What's five or 10 percent in the big scheme of things? Look, depending on the term of the trade for this yeah. particular share would determine whether I chose to buy now or to wait mm. a little bit more. So, you know, if it was a medium to longer term decision, then I would be waiting a little bit more. Mm. Um, but if it was a more shorter term opportunity, there is one. Yeah, when we mm. talked about tech stocks uh, two or three shows ago, I said, put this on your watch list. Yeah, we actually did. Because I actually did. It's one of your favourite ones, isn't it? I thought it was mm. one to watch because you've got some of the other stocks in there, like Zero and everything, have all mm. gone really well. The WAC stocks have really gone really well. Yep. This one's been held back, so that's mm. why I do like it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, he was trying to buy it on $19. Not sure why, but if we look at the weekly chart, you can see here. You yeah, know, he's that, trying to buy it at the bottom of the pattern. Now, I if it know. actually fell to that level below the, if it fell below $19, it'd mm. be heading south yeah. in the short term. So yeah. you're taking a higher risk position to actually try and get it on the downside. On the downside. Yeah, mm. correct. I would rather buy it 20% higher and actually get a good buy than try and buying lower, buying it's on the way down for the probability to be able to continue to fall a little bit further. And I think that's why yeah. a lot of people do this. Mm. Um, and, you know, I mean, I know I've told my story of a mate of mine that was trying to penny pinch and he just lost a whole lot of profit. Look, I can tell you, I know somebody who actually picks mm. bottoms that does it extremely well. But, you know, that's some people just have that intuitive thing. 
you know, know, just freaks of nature. Yeah, freaks of nature. Freaks of mm -hmm. nature. But, you know, I do like the stock. So, but again, it's up to you, mate. It's, if your analysis says it's a buy, then that's a buy. Okay, I think we move on to the next one okay, now. Okay, cool. Next question we have is from Matt. G'day, Matt. And hey, Dale and Janine. Yeah. I was hoping to get your take on SCG and I bought in at 235. It's currently down 18% after a big red day today. For those of you who don't know, it means that the bar's down on the daily chart. My dilemma is that the stock's assets are far greater than its market cap. So even if no shops paid their rent and you demolish the buildings, the land value alone outweighs the MCG or the MC according to Goldman Sachs. However, I've read your book and understand that sometimes even though you think something should behave in a certain way and could be considered a good stock if it triggers a rule, it's time to jump out. I think he's reading your mind. Mm. My question is, do you ever increase your stop if the intrinsic value is there? And I feel like you're going to say it's a sell, although I'd like to hear your opinion regardless. I don't Thanks, know why I say sell, do I? I just say get rid of yourself. <laughs> now, I've been setting this up for you every time the stock comes up and you're not actually doing that for me. Why is it's that? It's a sell. Jeez, we oh, can't sorry. find good help anywhere, can we? Oh, I don't. I'm not allowed. This co I'm being COVID safe. What I'm not allowed to... What to the ladies and gentlemen? You're supposed to be You've helping got... me here. I am. I'm letting you touch the keyboard and not and be COVID safe. Okay, that's fantastic. Otherwise, remember, I've got all my hat and everything so there else. there is a but... method in your madness then. Yeah, but I mean, where's this stock going right now? It looks bearish to me. Yeah, look, SCG, um, you know, it's not, it doesn't matter what the fundamentals say um, yeah. right now. It's it's the overall perception of that whole sector that's the, the issue for it at the moment. So a lot of, there's probably, um, I think GMG was one of the retail stocks that actually stood out as defying the odds, but the rest of them are all down. They are, because mm. I mean, obviously this is in shopping centres and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter whether it's property, like, re, you know, residential property or whether it's the shopping centres, they've mm. all been down. One thing I know for sure is the fundam fundamentals lag everything. Mm. So the price chart is the leading indicator of the, the, the market. When you're looking at the stock market, the, the price of the stock actually is leading what's going on. So it's a leading indicator of where our economy is going to be or what's going to be happening. So when you're looking at SCG or you're looking at some of these property stocks, what, they, what they're being priced on is future value. So if, if we, COVID goes on for another two years and everybody's working from home, then office buildings aren't going to be, you know, there's a lot, a lot of companies going bankrupt in Victoria right now. There's a lot of small businesses closing in Victoria right now. There's like, they expect 250,000 people to not have a job right now in Victoria or to lose their job over this next week because of what's going on in Victoria right now. So if we're not going out to shopping centres and we're not going and... Can I just you know, make a comment yeah. on that? I actually think it's probably the lowest risk time to go to the shopping centres because there are not that many. Like it depends Nobody's on, yeah. for me anyway, I went on the weekend and there weren't many people there. Correct. Just took the, the mask, of course, which we've got to have and the hand sanitizer. Um, but, and there are lots of amazing bargains in stores right now. I know, you know my cupboards are full of all these great new clothes. Yeah. You know, but you're, you're right. But we can't go, as of, I think it's Thursday. Yeah. We can't go to Westfield or anything like that. Mm. We, we can't go physically anywhere I for the next it was six months. Monday, wasn't it? No, oh, no it's in a few days, to... but we can't go anywhere. So that's what I'm suggesting mm. is, is, and if people get used to buying stuff online and ordering it and getting it home delivered, is the big retail store slowly going to die a little bit too? So mm. you've got to, and, and I don't know, I'm, I, I don't know the answer, and there's a big argument around whether it is or whether it isn't, and I still like to go out shopping with my wife and, you know, she picks clothes and I pick clothes and whatever we do. Um, and I don't think that'll ever die away. But I think what the pricing we're seeing is it's mm. so uncertain right now. 
of yep. commercial real estate is really uncertain because companies, I know for a fact there are a lot of companies that are maybe looking at half of their workshop workforce working from home, so they're not going to, instead of having a 1,000 square metres, they're only going to have 500 square metres. But regardless metres. of all that, mm. if there is a vaccine that comes mm. out, the market's going to rebound on that news. Correct, but, right? it, but will it so, go back to what it was pre-COVID days in terms of commercial office buildings, commercial premises, all that sort of shops? That's irrelevant to someone who's trading because in the Correct. short term, you're just looking for that bounce. So that gap on that Come chart on, there... Come on, an argument. Yeah, that gap on the <laughs> that gap there on the weekly chart um, is telling me that at some point it's going to go up. Yeah, it will go up, mm. but right now it's going down. So but the problem is it could go down further. But I didn't say it so. Does that. I didn't say so. <laughs> okay. But let's get on to the next question anyway. Thank you very much for that one. Um, the next one we have is from Ray, who says, "G'day, Dale and Janine, or Janine and Dale, um, have been watching the show since coming across it with the recent stock market movement in February, uh, looking for answers to my messed up investing over many years. I realised quickly I knew nothing about how to invest." Um, the market to find your show and the information and teachings it gives has been a real eye-opener for me. Thank you um, and thank you mate. Um, I have a stock one it was out of the top 20 which I heard of by the caller at work from somebody who heard it from the Uber driver. <laughs> I'm only joking. Um, well that's what he says. Um, it is a position in a managed fund I own as it talked it up in recent or end of, at a recent end of year update FDV. So it was talked up by Manage fund. Okay, thanks again. You're both the Jagger, Richard, or Abbott Costello of the financial world, best in their class. Cheers, Ray. Who's mm. Abbott and who's Costello? And who's, I don't even want to go. There. I don't even want to be Keith Richards. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people watching this show won't have a clue who those people are. They'll probably be too you're old. You're just showing yeah. your age now, aren't yeah, you? Yeah. <laughs> don't call me Snoop Dogg, though. No. Okay. All right. Um, then. What so are we look at, at this. So Frontier Digital Ventures mm. (FDV). Look, it's another lower risk type stock. I don't know what the volume is on it at the moment, but um, let's have a look at the daily. The weekly chart looks okay, just doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, it does. Um, in terms of liquidity, the daily's there. I just I won't go to the volume right right now just to have a look, but um, it's trading sideways and has done for the last few weeks. It may pull back temporarily. Mm. You know, I don't really have an opinion on this one. Yeah, it's a bit funny, isn't it? It's quite volatile. So it, it would really depend on the portfolio you're putting in. I mean, you know, like there's 900 and it's not hugely, vol not a lot of volume in it, 912 shares at a dollar. You know, so and that's on a, on a weekly chart. So, it, you know, that's so not even doing a million dollars a week. So it's not a big stock. So if you do want to get into a stock like this, I would suggest you probably not put a lot of money into it if you want to do it. But I would then, suggest you don't. Well, I was going to say that, but if, <laughs> you if the managed fund is suggesting it's a good buy, then I'd probably be doing the opposite. I'd be going what they're... To me, the big end of town don't want you to buy what they're already buying. They want to buy first and then tell you to buy so that you come in after them and you take the price higher for them. It's just what they do. Um, and, you know, so that tells you you've got to be in it shorter term, doesn't it, really? Correct. Mm. Yeah, so you've got to be in it shorter term. If they're selling, they're not telling you they're selling because they don't want the competition for the selling as well. So therefore, they'll be telling you to buy a stock that they're going to be selling and then they'll tell you to sell a stock that, that they're actually buying. That's why the buying. stocks go sideways, that, you know, for weeks. Mm. Well, that's what they're doing. They're selling into that move. Mm. Mm. Did I ever tell you this? Did I tell everybody the story about the broker reports that I used to look at? 
No. Probably. Yeah, I don't know. I used to get broker reports, big things, you know, big thick ones. Back in the 90s, that's what you got because we didn't have the internet back in the 90s. Yes, this was time before is the internet. Is this when you used your ruler and your pencil? Yeah. Is that For the that millennials, story? yes, there was a time pre-internet. So, um, but I, the books were this thick and they'd, have, they'd bring them out once a year, nice and glossy, and they tell you all the stocks to buy and all the stocks to sell. And they do that every year. And so I got these books and I would do a spreadsheet of all the stocks they said to buy and the ones they said to sell. And the next year I'd go and look at the stocks. And every single year, the portfolio of all the stocks they said to sell outperformed the stocks they said to buy. Oh. Every single year, bar none. But they don't sell many. Like, that's just know, a thing with the brokers, though. Everything they're telling us to buy didn't perform as well as everything they're saying to sell. Mm. So that's where I got my research from in the early days, you know, as I said, back in the 90s. But, you know, to me, um, be careful. Do your own research. All right. Our last question for tonight, drum roll, is from Ange. Lucky last. Good evening, Janine and Dale. Thanks for your market wisdom. I appreciate your approach to the market and the insight that you both have. Currently, I'm approaching stocks very cautiously given the economic climate and trying to find stocks from my watch list that meet appropriate trading rules. Oh, beautiful. I'm looking at entering Cochlear, COH, and this week it is it manages to trade above, if it manages to trade above a recent high, from week ending July 24, this current level slightly above support level seen mid and late 2019. Having missed buy opportunities in May and recent sideways action, I'm hoping your analysis on this stock, um, is that right? Yep. Stay safe and thank you for your time. Cheers, Ange. That was good. We've okay. got some awesome questions tonight from really sure. thought our questions. I think I need a great. drink after that one. Yeah, um, looking at... Um, cochlear there on the list you can see that yes mm. he's right i mean it is trading sideways i'm really you know at the moment not um it says the market yeah look i mean it's gone up with the market i guess mm. but i'm not really convinced about this one maybe in the short term it might have a little bit of upside but just that way that it's unfolded it's not the mm. type of move that's really bullish and look at what the rest of the market's done Mm. Um, but they did have a capital raising and often these capital raisings can slow down the mm. ascent of any share price because the institutions will have picked up the stock at a lower price and therefore they don't need to buy as much cochlear. So that can then happen. So it may take a little while to catch up eventually and start moving on again. But there is a lot of resistance around that 222.30 mark. Mm. Um, so I'd be thinking that even if it did go up, it might struggle to get to a new all-time high in the short term mm. a move on the downside well i wouldn't be hanging on to it if it does start to move underneath that sideways move there yeah i mean i think if it does start to move down with the market i don't think it's going to move down too much mm, don't you, you? Know, i don't think it'll move down too much it's a good this is one of the best mm. stocks over the last 30 years this has been one of the best stocks on our marketplace this and csl yeah. have made mozzas for people look you so, and i both get into arguments and discussions about these stocks sometimes and and you and I, we both, it's funny because we'll, we'll talk mm. about a stock and say we really like it, but I don't really care and neither do you I whether mean, yeah. what, what the stock is, it's, it's whether it actually performs or not goes right up or down. Right now it's not performing, so I yeah. wouldn't buy it right mm. now, but I'd sit back and wait. I think, you know, when the market does, you know, if it does find it's low, have a look at it, but keep it on your watch list. That's what I would do. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because mm. we always have it on our watch list. It's just that, you know, it's been a while since we've considered it a good opportunity. Yeah, yeah. when the time is right. Mm. Cool. All right. It's now the end of tonight's show, and I hope you've enjoyed it, and thank you for participating. If you have a topic that you would like us to discuss, send in your ideas, and we'll look at your requests for upcoming shows. 
Now remember to hit that subscribe button and like the video because Janine will love you if you do. Also remember to share the video of tonight's show on your social media. We'll exclude Janine in that so you can share it with your friends and colleagues so the show can grow and help more people. Um, also remember to put the show into your calendar as we will be back right here on YouTube live every Tuesday 7 to 8 p.m. As always, we're happy to receive your 30-second video questions, so send them to info at wealthwithin.com.au and just type Wealth Within Live in the subject line. You must do this before 3 p.m. Tuesdays to get into that night's show, and I don't know if I like being used as a bit of a... Um, just Janine will love you, you said. Janine will love you. If you do get your video in. Oh, Janine will... Uh, I don't no. know about that Janine one. won't love you if you get your video in. Okay. <laughs> I'll appreciate you. How about that? <laughs> okay. Well, that really does bring us to the end of the show. And again, we really do hope everyone enjoyed it as much as we're bringing it to you. As always, thank you for joining us. We hope to see you again next week. For now, goodbye, good luck, and good trading. Good Stay night, safe, everyone. everyone. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.